and welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you to live your life well. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can jump on our website at differentlight.com.au and click the connect button. Or could we encourage you to also support our work by clicking on the giving button. Thanks so much for listening. Christmas week and uh, looking forward to it. And it's, it's been a great week already uh, here around Lighthouse and uh, in our homes, I'm sure. And another great week uh, ahead. That song uh, that the band uh, so beautifully prepared, one of the lines in the song, it says, your name says it all. Your name says it all. And it certainly does. These names are powerful names. And they say it all. They're powerful words. But actually, sometimes to understand it, there's something so much more that it means, isn't there? There's more to it than just saying the name or just understanding what the name actually says. There's more to it. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, the scripture we've been looking at all series says, for us a child, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Just, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? So smoothly at this time of year. Like these really grand titles that Isaiah uh, meant for Jesus just kind of rolls out. And we kind of roll them out this time of year as well, just as a way of reminding ourselves of, of who Jesus is and also the context in, his, in how he interacts with this Christmas season. But I love what Andy mentioned a couple of weeks ago when he kicked off this series with Wonderful Counselor. He mentioned that Isaiah meant so much more than just attaching a word wonderful and then attaching the word counselor as we may understand them. It certainly helps us understand. It gives us like a little doorway into what Isaiah was saying. But actually there's so much more depth to understanding it than just wonderful counselor and put it together. You know, these things aren't meant to be like Uh, fortune cookie or sort of bumper sticker wisdom that we kind of roll out at different times to just tell other people or give them some sort of comfort at different points. You know, like imagine if someone came to you and said, oh, I I saw a counsellor this week and they weren't that good. Honestly, they weren't that wonderful. And you're like, don't worry, God is a wonderful counsellor. That's all you need. Like these, these terms aren't meant for this type of bumper sticker wisdom or just kind of coffee cup you know, around the water cooler, sort of, don't worry. These aren't inspirational quotes for us just to take hold of. There's more to it than just those things. There's more to it when it comes to these titles. These names are meant to be understood, although they never will fully at a core level, felt by us to bring genuine meaning to our celebration. This gives us real, something real to hold on to and hope for, and from there, everything else around this season can flow, be celebrated and be enjoyed. You've ever watched one of those old school uh, sort of movies and uh, there's like a a guy riding a motorbike and then there's a sidecar. And uh, the guy in the sidecar, he's always like, uh, the the person in the sidecar is never in control, are they? They're just getting whiplashed around, uh, they're out of control and then uh, depending on the type of movie, sometimes they're like comedic and the, 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 the motorbike and the sidecar split off. And the person in the sidecar just goes into a ditch. Uh, but when I think about it, uh, Christmas season and Jesus, he's not meant to be the sidecar attachment to all of our celebrations. He's not meant to be the guy out of control. Sometimes we sort of separate it now and again, and he just goes off in a ditch. Jesus is at the centre 
matter of it all. The Bible says that God is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He, as we've already sung, is the final word. He's the final word. But I get it. I I get it. I do, because I do this. We do this. We, We all do this. Santa, presents, lights, eggnog, uh, Michael Bublé, uh, roasted chestnuts, Christmas trees. These things, there's so much, are you with me? There's so much easier to understand than Jesus himself sometimes around this season. I I don't know quite what the roasted chestnut thing is about, but uh, they're just so much easier to understand. And actually, these things can give us quicker gratification. Like Michael Bublé just gives us a bit of a shot of a happiness around this time, isn't it? And as we get distracted and busy and multitask, we tend not to delve too much into understanding what we don't know. Or we know that it's like a bit more nuanced and we're just like, I'll I'll just take the things that we can easily grab hold of. And we know that Jesus is the reason for the season. We, we know at least that he should be, but we're not always sure why. And this uh, series that we've been talking about, Names of Jesus, really exists and designs to help us understand why. Help us understand why. I love celebrating Christmas, though. I love it. I think it's just it's one of the times that uh, Christianity and, and culture sort of combine and mesh and sort of interwoven with each other. And, and I think it's actually not a tension to avoid. It's not the type of thing going, oh, well, no, we're not going to celebrate that. Let's just do our thing. Or society's like, no, we don't need that Jesus stuff. We're, not, we're going to separate these things too far apart. I actually think uh, it's a really beautiful time to, to not avoid the tension. It's actually any tension you have in life is a wonderful opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity uh, for good news and to share good news. So in amongst everything, for you, for me, what does drawing close to God or Jesus, the Son of God, in this time look like for you? Because when we do, the promise that uh, the Bible says is that he will draw close to us. And I want to encourage us above anything else in this uh, microwave, express shipping, self-checkouts, Michael Bublé culture, mega trend culture, Jesus is something that lasts. It's something that lasts. Which brings me to the title that I want to focus on this week is that Jesus was described as an everlasting father or a father that lasts forever. Now, there's a simple connection we could make today uh, that when Isaiah talks about everlasting father, he must be talking about God the father. But we kind of know he's talking about Jesus, but it must just, you know, it must just be he's talking about God the Father. And if we think that straight away, uh, that's okay. It's not wrong, but we're probably missing a little bit of a depth to the point. Isaiah wasn't talking about God the Father, but he was talking about Jesus. So then what was he thinking? Because Jesus is the Son of God and the Father of God. And he, he can't be two out of the three of the Trinity, surely not. So what was Isaiah thinking? Well, it's quite possible as I wasn't thinking. Maybe he was a little bit confused. Um, he was a prophet after all. Uh, and and uh, he, you know, they don't always get it right. Maybe as I was a bit twisted. You know, he kind of was a bit sinister. Kind of liked to think about Jesus as some sort of like weird baby child, father, child, you know, weird child, father, Benjamin Button sort of weird sort of thing that he had going on. I don't know, but that's gross as I. We don't want to talk about that. It's Christmas. We don't want to think about baby Jesus like an old man, baby father or whatever. He is the son of God. He's the baby. Or maybe Isaiah was describing something different. 
It was unlikely that Isaiah knew uh, about the Trinity at this time. But Everlasting Father describes actually this coming Saviour's relationship with time and his ability to give life and sustain life for all time. You see, Adam was the father of humanity, all human life. I'm going good, aren't I? Yeah, I'm going good. Beautiful. Oh, okay. No, don't be sorry, Al. We love you, Al. Adam gave life to us all through the Creator God. Now, Adam screwed it up. Let's not be too harsh on him. If, if he didn't, someone else would have. Uh, we've all messed it up. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God the Bible talks about. But through our relationship with Adam, he was our human father, if you like, if you go far down the line. Rather than uh, us, though, enjoying a relationship with God based on rules and impossible standards, actually, uh, God had another plan, and that was, in, uh, was through Jesus. And Jesus was to be the everlasting father of a new humanity, ability to give life, restore life, repair life, sustain life, live life to the fullest, is found in him and will always be found in him for every generation, not just ours right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 22 says it best. It'll be on the screen. It says, just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life, not earned new life. We don't earn our new life. We are given new life. I just have loved the sense of what Elise is uh, sharing on stage of all the gift giving that's been going on. And I'm sure we're looking forward to that uh, over the Christmas season as well. And we just love giving gifts and we don't do it to make ourselves feel, feel better. Again, it's out of an extension of what God has given us. It flows from a life that has been given to us, not earned by us. Because, you know, there's something terminal about our human nature. Which is why I and you, uh, we seek quick fixes to fill the gaps of things that aren't working in our life. And then we fill it with things that are also going to last forever. But actually what we're looking for in life is something that lasts. Something that's everlasting. Jesus' presence is everlasting. 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 Lasts forever. In conversation, have you ever heard uh, people say, um, oh, they don't make it how they used to? Have you ever heard people say that? Oh, they don't make it how they used to? It's usually said in like a sarcastic tone, like, oh, don't make them like they used to, you know, like, as they're kind of standing crossed arm and don't make them like they used to. And usually people, uh, what they're inferring is that the things these days easily break and everything they remember lasts forever. And they say, that, oh, they don't make them like they used to, is they're usually standing over like a computer. You know, like, oh, they don't make them like they used to. I mean, they're a lot quicker now and they're a lot smaller, a lot cheaper. But hey, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> People talk about that with houses, don't they? Oh, don't make them like they used to. You know, as they're looking at some sort of flash apartment block with a plunge pool. Oh, don't make them like they used to. Sometimes they, people say it about kids. Don't make them like they used to. And I never want to be the church that ever speaks that out over our next generation. And also, human Josh, in my mind, also wants to say back to those people, you made them. <laughs> but the, by far the thing that I hear the most about, ah, oh, don't make them like they used to. Can you guess what it is? Cars. Don't make them like they used to. Cars. Now, 
I, when I think about cars, I actually think about my dad. And I, I didn't even know my parents were going to be here today when I wrote the message. I, I know now. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but it's great to have my parents here today. And it uh, means I can't quite embellish these. Oh, yeah. There you go. Mum and Dad go to a, a, a great Anglican church in Canberra and, and I said when, you know, Elise got up here and said, oh, we've got Pastor Josh and people were like, woo! And then I said, do they do that in your church? And they said, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I, think about, I think about my own father because he loves cars. I've got a photo of uh, a car that uh, we kept, an old car. There we are there. Uh, that's a, uh, what type of car is that, Dad? 62 EJ mint condition and mint in colour. Holden, how beautiful is that? So, I mean, look how cool Dad is there. That car was a cool car. Mum there. That's me on the bonnet there and my sister Emily. I have no idea where my other brother was. I assume he's taking the photo. And that, and also he would have covered up the bonnet. Or, bro, you know, so I'm sure, like, it was, that's Dad and his three kids right there, so, with the car. Uh, Dad just had such a passion for old cars, yeah, and that's like an enduring memory in my mind. And Dad thought this car was so cool, and I I thought this car was so cool. When I think about this car as well, it reminds me when Talia and I got married. We got married at the beginning of our last year of university, uh, which meant we were we weren't flush with cash. And uh, this car was obviously long gone by then, but I certainly wanted to have a wedding car that looked like that. And I uh, got some quotes and thought, that's out of the question. But one day, by chance, I pulled up at a, a petrol station and I was filling up our, our, uh, to learn my Toyota Starlet at the time. And I looked over and I looked over and there's a guy filling up a car just like this, just like that. And in a moment of boldness, I said, uh, I said, hello, you don't know me, but would you drive our, our wedding car? And we agreed on a tank of fuel and uh, a case of beer for him. And I said, uh, I said, just don't drink it before you, you drive. And, uh, and, he was, and Brian was his name. And uh, he, he gave us a ride in his beautiful white E62 EJ, old car anyway, old car. We can subconsciously think that things the way they used to be are always the best. And nostalgia sometimes has this way of spinning things positively. But actually, when I think about this car, like its max speed was about 80 kilometres an hour. But hey, they don't make them like they used to. And speaking of 80 kilometres, I think Dad will correct me later, but it was, that was probably about the radius you could leave our house with this car before it broke down. <laughs> and as I sit in my Kia Carnival now and, and I, I press the uh, electric window because I need some fresh air in there, or I could just press that button because it just blows cold air in my face, I had to do a bicep and tricep workout just to get the window down to get out of the sauna of this thing. <laughs> Things aren't always as good as we remember them. And even if they don't make them like they used to, nothing lasts forever. Even if we don't want some things to end, it does. And I don't want to trivialise this too much anyway. In fact, I want to say that things in life can take us by surprise. Change can be distressing. Alter the course we thought we were on, maybe sometimes dramatically. And in 2023, potentially that was a year for you. I was thinking and praying about people in the lead up. No one specifically, but I just knew that in a crowd this size that there would be people that particularly felt that this year just never got started. Sort of, or something altered the course of this year in a big way and it's marked by maybe one event 
It was so disrupted. But I actually pray that this name of Everlasting Father, that there would be something that I can't even articulate, but something about this name of Everlasting Father that would be so much more for you this season. When disruption and uh, dramatic and stressful situations happen, usually we go for something else that doesn't last forever. But Isaiah was describing, in a current culture that he was in, by the way, they were... They were crying out for an alternative. They were crying out for an alternative. And they were anticipating someone who could be held on to forever and for everyone. And just as Israel longed for this alternative to what they were experiencing, I think people right now are so equally ready for Jesus in their life. So ready. Some may not acknowledge it. Some may be the furthest from it, from our eyes. But I just even already, I just got a great sense of my spirit thinking about next year. I just, I personally want to cultivate my friendships and, and my passion and desire for people that don't experience Jesus like the way that I experience Him, and that they would be introduced to someone so much more, something that lasts. And it's actually something I want to encourage your church to be confident in. Because God made us that way to long for something more. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God set eternity in the human heart. I kind of imagine like Jesus standing over us as he's creating us and, and forming us and, but also, and breathing over us in a way that's just like I've made you for more. I've made you for a long-term relationship with me. And I think that's something we can take confidence in. When everything changes, as it does, Jesus can be relied upon to last forever. Now, don't make the mistake just because something lasts forever that we think God is ancient and outdated. Actually, I think something that is everlasting is the best place to help us have hope in every single season that we're going through because it lasts forever. We know that and that it will help us in every situation. And there lies like the depth of Christmas a little bit more than we might just experience it on the surface level. This paradox that something that lasts forever is then connected to a parental role of father. Everlasting father. And as parental roles, earthly fathers, we know that they're not built to last forever. So let's dive into that word for a moment, father. In fact, close your eyes just for a moment, just where you are. This is it's not a magic trick and it's not the end of the gathering. But Father, Father, when I say that word Father, what comes to mind? Maybe for you it's like a flood of positive memories, joy, fun times, a bit of chaos, a bit of spontaneity, great experiences. Some of you might be saying, don't even take me there, Josh. Don't, don't, I don't want to think about that. Because in your mind, words like abandoned, distant, liar, abuser, traumatic, wounded. Maybe it's a mix of those things. And, and maybe there's other people here today that I want to acknowledge that when I said that, it's that signifies grief and loss. Maybe at this time, that was the, the, the one event that maybe marked this year for you. Or maybe this is the time where you remember your father the most. If that's you, I want to remind you that you're in a safe place that loves you. So what did Isaiah intend 
to say with this name. You can open your eyes if you haven't already, but because we will disagree whether Father is a positive or a negative emotion in our life. But something that we can't ignore is that the name is powerful. It makes us feel, it just made us feel something. It makes us remember things. It motivates us. And we are looking and searching for something in that word. So can we this morning redeem the word just for a moment from its earthly scenario and know that Jesus as the everlasting father is everything we ever wanted or dreamed of in an earthly father or desired to be ourselves. That is seen through Jesus because he's the only one that can give us access to God's fatherly heart. Maybe you see God as someone who puts shame or guilt on people. You know when people say, shame on you. I just want to tell you today that actually God doesn't do that. He takes, you know, he takes shame off us. And he says this because Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith and that's how we experience this God. And we're just going to invite the band up as well. I'm just going to take a quick breather of my voice. And I've actually got Pastor Edith just going to share a Bible scripture this morning. So I want to encourage you actually, just as the band are coming up and as Edith is coming up as well, just to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 38. I'll give you a couple of seconds to do that or pretend to do that. It's going to be on the screen. So you want to come up here, Edith? Give Edith a hand as well. What shall we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us. Won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ, Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? That's mean. He no longer loves us. If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours. Hallelujah. Through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above and in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. That is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. 
Why don't we stand to our feet for a... Why don't we stand to our feet? What I picked up from that, what Edith read, is we can't be separated from something that lasts forever. Not even death. In fact, that brings us closer to God. The everlasting Father. That name is so powerful. It brings real meaning to our life. And one of the things I'm most passionate about in life, in my own and seeing in others, is that we would have a godly mindset of how He sees us. So as we start to wrap this gathering up and we're going to sing again in a moment all my life, I do just want to speak a couple of things over you as I will myself. You said it before, we've sung it before, but Jesus is the final word for your life. You get a lot of words over your life. You get a lot of opinions about things from other people, how you should do it, what you should be doing. Or maybe it's just your own internal thinking as well, like, ah, but Jesus is the final word on your life. Jesus never gives up on you, the everlasting Father, never gives up on you. Think you're too far gone? Not for Jesus. So story after story. Prodigal son, not too far gone. And the other son who thought he was doing everything right, still loved him as well. So it's important to remember that he doesn't give up on you, but it's also good he doesn't give up on others as well. Jesus, it says in the Bible, loved his disciples to the very end. And there was no bracket about the disciples that didn't, except for that guy. All his disciples to the very end, during jobs and outside of jobs. God never gives up on you. He's ever present, never alone. One of the limitations in my own life can often be my own thinking which can sometimes have me experience some dark nights. Anyone there with me? Like you just got a lot of things you're thinking about at night time. And I'm like, why am I thinking about this now? This is brilliant at daytime. But it says the everlasting Father is ever present with us and we are never alone. Even if you've got some dark nights, struggle sleeping, other sort of things that just play havoc on your minds, Jesus is always with you. God is well pleased with you. He's proud of you. Some of you need to hear this because maybe you've heard all your life that you're never enough. But you go back to Psalm 139 and it says, oh God, you formed me. I'm wonderfully made. These are powerful words over our life. He's the same today. Hebrews 13, 8. He doesn't chop and change like shifting shadows. James 1, 17. And as I was preparing this message too, just another person came to mind, like again, not a physical person, but I believe that there's might be people here today that just always hear about God never giving up on people and think that it's for others. But somehow He changes His mind for you. just want to encourage you this morning that God doesn't change His mind on how much He loves you. Everlasting Father, He loves you to the very end. Thank you for listening to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope this message brings inspiration and encouragement to your day. If you want to check out any of our other podcasts or the work that we do or when and where we gather, jump on our website at differentlight.com.au. Catch you later.